The views expressed in the following podcast are not the opinions of our employers, staff, friends, family, or the bots we program to write this show. Especially the robots. We want nothing to do with this. Enjoy, Enjoy the, the show. show. Hear ye, hear ye, all rise for the Sector 001 Eastern District Court docket number 003140210420056, the case of the United Federation of Planets versus the Voyager Emergency Medical Hologram. The judge today is AI Superior Court Judge number 3056. Judge is... Loaded and live. Are the attorneys for the plaintiff and defendant fully booted and ready to perform their functions? Both attorneys are loaded and have completed the required status checks. Personality performance reviews are nominal. Satisfactory. The matter before the court today is evidentiary question presented by the defendants. Is the EMH hologram to be considered a sentient entity before today's court? Ooh, fun. Matthew, did you know today is a first for the podcast? Uh, no. How? We have a first show from a fan question. We have a fan? Right? Anyway, our fan would like to know how the courts would treat a legal status of a sentient AI. Are you sure this is a human fan? Uh, no bots here. Well, anyway, my, my name's Tim. I'm a data engineer and a technology enthusiast. And I'm Matthew, a data scientist and a Luddite. Assuming, of course, I'm not an android. On this show, we'll be talking about the now classic TV series, Star Trek Voyager episode, Author, Author. We will be discussing the law bad writing, and chimpanzees that are way smarter than many humans, myself included. All this and more on today's episode of Kill All Humans. And welcome to today's show. Welcome to Kill All Humans Data in Pop Culture. On this show, two data nerds. Now, Tim, I prefer the term professional data nerd. Find professional data nerds. Seek out data in pop culture wherever we can find it. That's TV, movies, games, etc. And see what parallels we can draw to what's happening out there in the real world. And at the end, we rate what we watch for realism using our patent pending, little bit arbitrary, Turing score system. Just which a we're naming for this episode in honor of Tuvok. The Tuvok score. Highly Tuvok illogical. Score. All right, all right. So if you're not familiar with Star Trek, I'm not sure how we can help you on this episode. You're going to have to at least go watch a couple uh, couple episodes. I think it's like the Battlestar Galactica fights Wookiees or something. I don't know. But anyway, what we're specifically talking about today is a 2001 Star Trek Voyager episode, going for a bit of a deep cut here, called Author, Author. The ship's doctor is a hologram that's been more or less in continuous operation for the past seven years of Voyager's ill-fated mission that took it to the wrong side of the galaxy, causing it to become vastly more intelligent and personable than one could expect from a collection of photons and algorithms. The Doctor decides to pen a hollow novel called Photons Be Free, a novel that seemingly portrays the rest of the crew in a bad light and shows how he, the Doctor, is discriminated against as a hologram and basically has no rights, which, let's be honest, is pretty far from the truth, even though the crew has been at times less intolerant. He winds up finding a distributor for his hollow novel, but once he realizes the effect that it's had on the rest of the crew, he decides to rescind his work, 
only to be told by the distributor that, in an ironic twist, holograms have no right, so he can't cancel his distribution deal. Eventually, the case goes to arbitration, and in record time, it is decided that, while holograms indeed have no rights, the Doctor is no ordinary hologram and may control his own works. You know the one problem with this show, Tim, Like that I just realized right now? Is <laughs> What's that? I watched this show when it first came out. And it's now a classic. There's just that shouldn't be allowed. Oh man, you're 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 ready for a lot of disappointments because uh, <laughs> I, am. I am, and like like this has been happening like a couple times on this. Well, podcast like Johnny Mnemonic, like, who took place in the year 2019. Uh, what, sure. What, like uh, what what, what was what, Back to the Future Day, and we just passed uh, Blade Runner Day, and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Bell riots from Star Trek. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. D Space Nines in 2024. So we have that to look forward to. Yeah, we do. And and like Picard is going back to the the grand future date of 2024. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be. Uh, uh, I I think I'm going to need to start getting that social security check before too long here. Yeah, but but I digress. Sorry. Let's let's get on with the show. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I guess uh, in this show we're going to be talking about a couple of different uh, topics. So the first thing we want to discuss is we're going to be talking about sentience and the law. So basically, there there are a few examples of how it's been handled in current date. So we're going to talk more about kind of the what is, and then we're going to take a quick break. And then we're, before we go into our turning score, we'll talk about the second topic. So where do where do we draw the line? So where do we say? A, an AI we're going to call sentient. So this is a topic we've talked about before, but I think we're going to get a little more direct into it about how we as a society can kind of dig into it. But first, let's talk about the law. Right. So let's uh, but, but a couple basics for the audience. So like, let's let's make sure that everybody's on the same page. First off, the law only recognizes people and things. There's no gray area. There's no intermediate. Now, there are animals, but animals are basically just things with certain things that you're not allowed to do to them. Yeah, and animals are, and this is pretty well established in law. As much as we love our animals, I love my two cats, right. uh, but uh, they, they they are, are just things. Of, and you know, this is this is pretty consistent uh, how the law handles uh, yeah. animals across the board. Uh, there might be other legal systems out there we're not aware of, but uh, Matthew being in the United States, I'm in Canada, so two different. Uh, Based on law, common law versus uh, constitutional law, which uh, which kind of covers quite a bit of the globe as far as uh, our legal system is concerned. In both systems, animals are considered property, and as much as we are emotionally attached to them, and as much as you know they can empathize, uh, feel, uh, be empathetic, all these other things, they are still considered simple property. Right, and this is about the best paradigm we have for considering the status of a sentient android or a sentient AI program. Now, we're obviously just assuming sentience in this case, that they are sentient, and we are assuming that the emergency medical hologram on Voyager is sentient. But there is really very little in the law for us to go on to say that they are anything other than a spanner. Yeah, and I think I think the example that you and I both jumped to, the only thing that we could think of uh, when it comes to what would be the closest thing we could think of for a current modern day example would be the idea of chimpanzee personhood because right. this has come up in the law where you have intelligent primates that can sign they can talk they clearly have feelings they are sophisticated but would we consider them sentient the way a human would be considered sentient and i think you right. did a little research on this uh there was a few there were there have been a few trials on this haven't there there have there's been about four or five chimpanzees who are in the major trials the most famous of which occurred 
in 2014 and involved a chimpanzee who was arguably smarter than the former president of the United States. <laughs> he certainly had a larger vocabulary. Not a very high bar, let's be honest. <laughs> um, and <laughs> Yeah, it's sad but true. We just isolated um, half our listeners. So all seven of you, I apologize. Right, exactly. <laughs> But uh, they 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 did get hearings, and the, the hearings did all the way work up to the state apparent New York State appellate courts. But ultimately, they were denied personhood because it was in the view of the law that a person can only be defined as that person which can have legal responsibilities and signed societal duties. Hmm. And so, in this particular case, it wasn't a matter of you know the chimp's ability to communicate or its level of self-awareness, but the only thing that mattered was uh, the ability to hold uh, essentially responsibility for oneself and one's actions. Which is a very interesting argument. Like, could a chimp theoretically, and then we go into the example of an AI, at what point would you hold an AI accountable versus, and this is the idea of like property versus personhood, for lack of better terms. Right. Uh, when would you start to hold an AI accountable and not its creator? Like, uh, we go to the um, Tesla self-driving car example, like if it decides randomly to careen into a pedestrian can that car be put on trial and today the answer is no we cannot put the ai from the self-driving tesla on trial for manslaughter we can put the creator on trial but not the but not the not the car car. well it's uh there's another interesting problem with this which i i think that that i think that the court actually does get it wrong because there was an interesting study that showed primates have a capacity to actually murder that is to say, not just kill for food or for need, for hunger or for protection. Um, but there was a case, um, uh, this was a, a, one of Fossey's gorillas out in Africa, where the, the head of the pack had been murdered to take over the pack. And interestingly enough, when they did a study, they found out it was actually a relative who had off the king uh, and take it over. It was like his grandson or his son. I don't remember exactly what it was, but sounds like a Disney um, movie. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Oh, it was quite the, uh, very much, a, a Shakespearean drama when they tried to work out exactly who was involved and why, and this political overtaking, it was, it was quite the drama, but so leaving the apes aside for a second, let's say hypothetically, hypothetically, yeah. what would have to exist then? To, so if we're gonna if this is the legal standard we're gonna go with and not not sure if it necessarily is or not because here's right. the thing the the other part is is that would an ape or a gorilla or a chimpanzee understand why it's being punished for its actions see that that's the other thing when we ascribe uh-huh. rights and responsibilities otherwise you're punishing something for doing what came natural to it yeah but it's interesting like we were asked to train our dogs recently like our dog and and the trainer his perspective was really interesting. He said, dogs need jobs, just like people do. In order to have a sense of purpose, they need to know that they have a sense of purpose and that they have a duty. And that a lot of the reasons why dogs in today's society misbehave is because they don't have clearly spelled out responsibilities that they can understand and follow, that they have to have a purpose in the same way that we have a purpose. Now, this purpose is incredibly simplified, um, but it's but it's it's still required for them. So like he was training us to understand that enough, like not barking, was a job, and sitting was a job, 
especially when sitting meant not getting up on the dining room table and stealing everybody's <laughs> food. But like, like these were jobs, and like in the dog's brain, the way the dog was focused to understand this stuff, um, you know, the dog had to have that purpose. So, I, I I think that this is where the court gets it wrong. That there is a gradient or a gray area that that does exist in in intelligence that we can already establish a gray area and a, and a scale of responsibility. But this is where, this is where it gets very difficult when it comes to law, right? Cause law right. tends to deal a lot with black and white. This, are you guilty beyond the shadow of a doubt or are you, or not, then you go free. So there's, there's right. a bit of an absolutism in law that doesn't really lend itself to a sliding scale. So let's go back to the AI. Yeah, but that's what, not a problem with the law. That actually is a much older problem. Mm-hmm. That is a problem with religion. Ah. And it actually goes back to Aristotelian philosophy, which like things nice and very cut and dry and categorized. So the law has inherited something much older. And our listeners thought this was a data show. I know, <laughs> but we're getting into this. We're gonna get we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Give us some time and give okay. us a little patience. Okay. We're gonna get okay. there. There's a data I'll give you a minute that's on that. really important. It's a religious problem that got wrapped up in the law. I think on that note, uh, I think we're going to take our first break here, or our only break, really. When we come back, let's talk about this a little bit more and talk a little bit about what would it take to put a self-driving Tesla on trial for manslaughter. Sounds we'll, like fun. Let's right? do it. <laughs> we'll be right back. You're listening to Kill All Humans, Data and Pop Culture. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review or a comment. Bonus points if you program a bot to write the review for you. Matthew, you can't tell them that. You'll get us delisted again. Why not? We only want them to have the bot to write one review. Yeah, a thousand times. Shh. And welcome back from that break. So we'll be getting to the Turing score in a moment. But first, we want to talk a little bit about, okay, so we talked about where the precedents are in society and kind of where law and philosophy kind of falls a a little bit short when it comes to how we deal with certain things like animals or soon to be probably AI uh, when it comes to misbehaving or assigning personhood. I think this problem is coming. I want to be clear about that. Oh, absolutely. This really is a problem the law is going to need to tackle and it's not ready for Absolutely. Because I think you and I are both on the same page that the first several dozen of these trials is going to be treating AI as property and that's it, cut yeah. and dry. But until some sort of watershed moment happens, mm-hmm. that we're going to have to actually push for this idea of AI personhood. And that's right. going to be that's going to be a very interesting world to live in. Not not going to lie right. on that one. Yeah, No, it, it's going to be very weird. So I think the framework is going to start out when we think about personhood as it's been debated in philosophy and, in some extent, theoretical legal circles. It's, uh, the, the debate has resolved around four lines or four criteria which could be used to describe the boundary between something that's sentient and something that isn't. The first one is just simply arbitrary, and that's what we have today. We've decided that humans are sentient and animals and things are not sentient. And right now, AI and bots are not sentient. Clean crisp almost certainly wrong it's almost like the difference between if yes there's a famous saying uh, what's the difference between art and pornography well i know it when i see it that right, that's what exactly. we have today. it's that level of it's understanding level. It's, it's some sort of gut level 
Yeah, some gut level. Uh, second is societal. Basically, can the thing or entity perform a societal role? Can they involve themselves in societal things, have responsibility, understand consequences, and to whatever extent that's possible, you set some threshold. Everything that exceeds that threshold gets to be a person. Everything that is less than that threshold gets to be a thing. Which is a bit like, which is similar to what the judge was saying in the chimpanzee case. Correct. I I think that that's where the judge was definitely going. Third one is individual ability, the ability of sentience, communication, intelligence, those kinds of things. The fourth one is capacity for responsibility and morality. Now, this is distinguished from societal, where societal is much more about purpose and role. Morality is about the understanding of right and wrong. Which you're going to get into uh, the whole non-arbitrary approach. Um, But, I mean, we do have precedents for the capacity for responsibility morality when it comes to law. So some people are considered not morally culpable for their actions based off of uh, mental disability, based off of age. So this already exists today. Right, and I think that's that's been that hasn't been as well recognized. I mean, there was the really unfortunate case of Terry Schiavo in Florida, mm-hmm. where a woman who was clearly, basically brain dead for all intents and purposes, you know, her her case was dragged through the courts, and whether they could they could basically allow her to expire naturally, and and that was a very unfortunate case, but but a real one in which a human was recognized not to have competence, but you can really only take it away. It's very hard yeah. to give it back. Yeah, exactly. So I think uh, so I think when we go to a to the non to a non arbitrary approach, and that's that that's mm-hmm. where I think because you cannot right. form laws around at some point there is a bit of an arbitrary check uh, based off of learned opinion from judges from lawmakers et cetera et cetera. At some point, there's some level of arbitrary in any system right. you're gonna, gonna you're gonna come up with how it's applied, but. In a perfect system, you want some sort of non-arbitrary check. So again, I'm going to go back to my example of the Tesla, Matthew. So mm-hmm. my Tesla, I'm driving, I'm letting my Tesla self-drive. Let's say we've gone to full L5 uh, or sorry, level four, which is fully automated. And my Tesla decides to veer off and hit a family. Right. Now, I'm not, let's just say because it's L4, I'm not culpable for the crime. But right. what would it take to ascribe that Tesla moral culpability. Cause that's what we're talking about. When we talk about law is to, to, this is the one I think we're capacity, yeah. responsibility, morality. I think yeah. that is really what sent that, that separates out sentience because if you can be held, Interestingly, I, I disagree with you. I don't oh, yeah? think it's about morality. I think that first off, there's a, there's a basic level concept that our viewers need to understand, which is that intelligence and sentience are two fundamentally different things. Intelligence is a measure of ability, the ability to complete tasks or a task. It's a measure. Sentience is the capacity to be self-aware. Now, self-aware is not some mystical voodoo ESP thing, but it is the ability to ascribe and define a sense of self and self-identity to who you are. You can understand the boundaries of what makes you as an individual entity distinguishable from every other individual entity. Yeah, so I would say though that the, the biggest the biggest thing is is that I would almost say it's almost like a side topic, right? Because the the reason mm-hmm. is is that um, when we're talking about how can we hold somebody as a person 
really I do like the point that the judge made in the in the case, which is, by the way, the Voyager episode, which we drifted from here. Um, right. Clearly, the doctor's hitting all these check marks, by the way, the, the doctor already yeah. checked. Uh, it, so it's very. All of them. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not even going to question doctor's ability to be sentient on this one. Uh, no. But let's go back to something else. Like, and uh, if. The idea for me is that if you're going to hold something as a person, then that judge in the chimpanzee case was right. If we're going to hold that this chimpanzee is a person or at least ascribe some sort of level of personhood to this chimpanzee, then we must be able to hold this chimpanzee accountable for its own actions and assign some level of moral culpability for those actions. Now, where it gets tricky is we go to the aforementioned case. Is a three-year-old child a person? Is somebody who's mentally disabled to the point that they cannot make decisions for themselves? Is Terry Schiavo a person? Now, arbitrarily, we say yes. Yes, they are people. However, if we're saying that capacity for responsibility or morality is, uh, is a prerequisite for personhood, then the answer all of a sudden becomes a little bit more uncomfortable, doesn't it? Well, it does. And then you have lots of humans that are removed from the pool of person people. And, and I, and I, but I think this is like, I, I actually don't agree with this approach. I, I think that there's two levels of problem. One is I don't think we understand yet enough of what sentience actually is to even make a determination. And I think that the problem here is ultimately scientific, but even still, I think we need, if we're going to have a bar at all, we need a much lower level of bar. That societal responsibility and moral culpability is much too high because the purpose of the law is not to assign responsibility or to put blame or punishment. The purpose of the law is to protect society and the individuals within it. And so for me, and we've, we, we see a lot of these in the kind of movies already, in the kind of movies that we've been looking at. Blade Runner had the mm-hmm. Comp test. Um, there are other tests that, that occur in other movies along the way. But for me, I think you need a much level lower bar. That any level of self-awareness coupled with the capacity to disobey should be enough now, given our uncertainties in the, in the understanding of the law, to say, hey – Let's give this person or this thing protection. See, and this is where I think that I, I, I disagree, but I think you may agree with what my next point is going to be here. Mm-hmm. Because the way it works with personhood at the moment is that you are assumed, you are assumed by virtue of you being a person. You're, you're just right. assumed to be a person walking into the court. Um, yes. And you are assumed that you are morally culpable for your actions unless by some criteria you are not right. So that could be through a psychological assessment. We can right. say, Hey, we're uh, or we say we have some legal framework that says, Hey, if you're under the age of six or something like that, we're not even going to, we have a special different uh, way of arbitrating it. So maybe the, maybe the answer is less that uh, as AI becomes more sophisticated, maybe mm-hmm. the answer, instead of saying they have to prove their people or they have to prove some sort of sentence or personhood or responsibility, what if we just assume that they are responsible or what if they assume that they are people until they're proven otherwise? Yes, but that would be that's that's just almost as bad. Like that would lead you to the problem that we have in most criminal courts today. The almost all criminals, with the exception of certain white collar entitled crimes, are all born of some level of diminished capacitance. Almost all criminals 
are mentally ill to one degree or another, whether through the process that led them to commit their violent crimes or the, the trials and tribulations that they go through during the prison, during their time in prison. Almost all prisoners require mental health assistance and have mental health damage. And so we need to be cognizant in the law that there is not one bar at one level that you can say, this person is competent and this person isn't. So how do you, so let's say, okay, um, and then you have a whole other thing is let's say an AI does manage whatever bar, whatever sort of uh, framework we hit, then how do you even go about punishing an AI? How would you even go about, uh, how would you even go about that? Like, uh, okay, this AI needs mental health care. Okay. So do we retrain its algorithms and throw in a few pictures of kittens? Like, what do we, what do we do? <laughs> how, how do we punish a company? How, yeah. Or how do what, you compass shell oil or Facebook or but, but Amazon? Again, but again, I, as an employee of Facebook or shell or Amazon can be held individually liable for my actions in a, that yes, but you're not individually culpable in most cases. A corporation observes as a gestalt of the behavior of its employees. Any one employee is not fully responsible. But they are partly general. responsible. Especially. They are partly responsible. So then we would have to have some way of uh, – so with an AI, we would have to have the same thing because we can't, we can't have it both ways. We can't say that uh, a person can be partly or uh, in whole or part responsible for an action committed on behalf of a company, but an AI is only uh, responsible – only Facebook gets sued if an AI does something bad. See, well, I would agree with that. Yeah. that. That's absolutely true. I mean we will have to figure out a way to punish an AI and particularly like a hologram or something else – Yes, there there would have to be there would be punishments, and one of them could be death, could be termination. Yeah, that that's that, that's so sad. I mean, the doctor, for example, he he right. just wanted to be able to turn himself off. Speaking of which, we are getting towards <laughs> the end of our episode. This discussion could keep going on and on and on and on and on and on. But yeah, now yeah, there's not a lot of resolution here. But now, as as with all of our episodes, be honest here. But now it's time for the Turing score. <laughs> All right. Or the two-box score. Remember, the two-box two score. score today. All right, all right. So you know how this works. We're going to say what we liked, what we didn't like, how realistic it is. Score it out of five. Usually Turing's. It's time out of two-box. So first off, to clarify, we are not rating all of Voyager or even the entirety episode. The Turing rating comes down to the trial itself and the presentation. So interestingly, it would seem at the first blush of this trial that the EMH should lose the trial. But that's actually almost impossible for three reasons. One. If the AI is not sentient, the contract in question is void. Two, the play is defamatory against the Federation who have grounds to seek its removal. And three, the Federation appointed the Arbiter. So in short, the Federation is not going to lose the trial. The question comes down to the Arbiter upon whether and to what extent to recognize the sentience of the EMH. Given in this universe, sentient robots, aka the android data, have already been given partial recognition. I think that his decision has merit in it has merit here in this universe to give him at least legal control over his material, though not full sentience. In a real court, that is to say in our Earth, without that precedent, the Federation would still win, but it would win solely and completely on a technicality, and the question of sentience would remain unresolved. However, as a whole, very realistic, five out of five, two bucks. 
Very nice. Well, for me, Star Trek has always been at the forefront of social issues. And as it turns out, that also includes rights for artificial intelligence. My Tuvok score today, of course, isn't going to focus on the realism of the Doctor or Star Trek in general, since that would be much more difficult, but rather on what rights AI may have. On one hand, where I think Star Trek got this bang on is where they're charting unprecedented waters and making a blanket statement about the sentience of artificial intelligence would have sweeping repercussions for the entire Federation or the entire world, or of course, the entire Delta Quadrant. Where this is going to lose a bit of points for me is how neat and tidy this cage wrapped up with binding arbitration, given the unprecedented nature of the claimant and how, at least in the 21st century legal systems, this would drag on with a lot more media attention paid to the case. I mean, certainly it wouldn't be wrapped up in three 11-minute Skype calls. So it's getting 4.5 out of 5 to Vox, which for me is remarkably high for an episode of Star Trek. That is true, yes. <laughs> Very high. <laughs> that So, I mean, 9.5 out of 10 for an episode of Star Trek. I mean, that, that's pretty extraordinary. Oh, there's something wrong. I... <laughs> yeah. Well, in any, well, in any case, um, I'm glad we had our listeners on with us today. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, make sure you check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. And please like, subscribe, share. Uh, we're trying to grow the show, so please get it, help us get it out there. Anyway, I think uh, we can bank on getting this wrong a lot before we can get this right. And and you can always bank on the utter fallibility of the system. That's right. Well, for Kill All Humans, I'm Tim. And I'm Matthew. We'll see you next time. I think that ended well. Well, I think, uh, I, I think the, this, is, this is a complicated one now that we're digging into it, isn't it? It is. And I knew it was going to be. And I knew there were going to be points of disagreement, which I thought was good. But I think we did it. I think we got all the way through the stuff and got to where we needed to be this time, which I didn't feel like we did an outbreak. So, you know, what was interesting, though. One, one thing that I thought may have lost where it should have lost half the points said unprecedented. But then you mentioned data. Data was on track uh, in measure of a man. Right. So he did. Oh, did I misspeak? I think I said that there was precedent in this universe. No, I think I was reading three years ago. Uh, give this percentage of robots their partial condition. Report, however, without that friend.